It's Guys Guy Radio. Here's your host, Robert Manny. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show where men and women can be at their best and everyone wins. Guys Guys Radio. Got a great show for you today from sunny Southern California, KCAA 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM, and then we're all over the internet, everywhere you can download us. Listen, stream, download, whenever you want, 24-7 worldwide, Guys Guys Radio. Well, we've covered so many topics on Guys Guys Radio in our quest to bring you the best information to make your life better. So we have done shows on sex, the Supreme Court, the Secret Space Program. Well, today we have got somebody special. His name is Keith Leon S., and he is a, an individual, if you will, who has had contact throughout his life, direct contact with angels on Earth, earthbound angels and beyond. He was saved uh, from near-death experiences seven or eight times. He's written a book called Walking with My Angels, a true story, which he claims that was given, the title was given to him by one of his angels, that he would write this book, and it is a runaway bestseller. He's also known as the book guy. He's got a company that helps other writers get their books pulled together and get the books out there into the marketplace. And it's so tough because so many people want to write a book and they're not sure how to start and they're not sure where you go. I mean, a lot of people say, yeah, I want to write a book about my life, whatever. And then they write about six, eight pages and they're like, now what? Because if you're going to write a memoir, regardless, you still have to have some type of thread of a story through it. A story is really what does the main character want And why can't he or she get it? That's a story. So if you're going to write fiction, you got to have a spine of a story. That's what does that main character want? And why can't he or she get it? And if you're going to write a memoir or nonfiction, you should have an underlying current pulling that concept along. What is this person going for? What have they been going through their whole life? And why can't they get it? And I think when you read Keith's book, you'll see that wow, he's been really trying to get somewhere, and he's had a lot of obstacles along the way. He had a really tough upbringing. I read about 20 pages or so, and I'm like, okay, he had some near-death experiences, as we all have. I think any of us can think back and say, wow, I almost got killed the time I went over the railroad track and wasn't looking, or I stuff like that. And we all do crazy things where we take chances and somehow we turn out okay. I remember when I was in college one time, a bunch of us in my fraternity, I went to Villanova University outside of uh, Philly, and I was in the Deke fraternity, DKE, and we had a bunch of guys, and it was a Saturday afternoon. We all went on a hike. We came to this brook kind of pond in the middle of nowhere, and uh, there was all kind of some construction rubble around it, you know, the big piece of concrete with the kind of wire cable sticking out and all of that. And one of the guys, he's kind of a tough guy, he climbed up on this log, and we were about... He was about eight feet above the water, and he just jumped in. Splash. He was fine. I was wondering, what is he going to land on? And then the next guy went, and the next guy went, and sure enough, eyes went on me. So I got up there and figured, all right, I jumped in the same spot, and I was okay. But you never know what could happen. Was that an angel involved in that, making sure that I didn't land on a construction cable or a piece of concrete or a big rock or whatever? But... We were young, we were crazy, and maybe we were protected. So anyhow, Keith's going to talk about his near-death experiences and also his direct 
one-to-one experiences with angels throughout his life that have gotten him kind of from a really tough place to where he is today. So it's going to be a great show. We're here, Guys Guys Radio, bringing you the information for you to consider, and then you decide what you want to do with it. What else is happening in the world of the Guys Guy here? Robert Manny, well, as I've mentioned, I have relocated from New York City after three decades of life in this big city, and now I am here in sunny Southern California. It has been an adjustment for me. You know, it's interesting. I came out here with my wife, my six-year-old son, and my cat, who's nine years old. And the cat has made the best adjustment by far. She goes in and outside of our place. She loves it. She likes to look outside. She likes to sleep on a couch we have out on a deck. And it's great for her. She'd never been out of our apartment in nine years. She flipped out at the airport almost when uh, she had to get to the security spot because she had to come out of her little carrier bag. And uh, uh, she started to freak out a little bit. And uh, the attendants there, the TSA people were saying, we might have a runner. So everybody was staring at her. So she was totally flipped out and understandable. And then when she got to California, she was, you know, filled with dread and trepidation because she had no idea what was going on. Well, after a few weeks, she has settled in and she loves it here. My son, who is six, he came from some of the rough tumble school in Harlem, New York City, and aggressive kids, smart kids, tough culture there in the city, though, and uh, the kids climbing all over each other, and the school was, uh, you know, they tried hard. It's a public school. They're trying to make it better and better, and it's really tough in New York because you have to have some discipline. You have to have some funding, and it's just tough, and he came out here, and I got to tell you, we're in San Diego, and the school is pretty chill. He's getting a decent education. It's pretty good, and so for this year, it'll be okay because he's still only in first grade. So we want to see how we did with the change in the social, socialization and all of that stuff. But he seems to be doing great. My wife, whose idea it was to move out here, she has some family out here, and she was done with New York. She's doing great. I'm making the adjustment. So slowly but surely, I'm getting there. But by wandering around the city and kind of making my way around through the city of San Diego, and I've walked around and I've kind of checked it out and I've got a good handle on it, I've noticed, let me give you one good thing, and I'll give you a negative thing, because uh, I'm going to do a whole half hour on my experience since I've moved on, a, on, on another show. But here's my rant. There's no real movie theaters in San Diego. You have to go out of town. Of course, everybody has a car here. I don't have a car yet and uh, to get the whole range of movies. In the city of San Diego, there's one theater in the middle of the city. They don't have a matinee. It's beautiful inside. But it costs like eighteen fifty or something to see a movie. So if you want to just catch a movie in New York City, I could go in the morning if I wanted to, if I had a day off or whatever, before noon and it was only like seven dollars, something like that. Here you gotta pay eighteen fifty plus tax. So a little expensive and there weren't a lot of shows. There was a show at one, four o'clock, something like that, and then in the evening I want to check out Joker. Just inconvenient. And then there's no other theaters around except there's one in Coronado, and then there's one outside of the main part of the city. But in New York City, you can't walk down the street without seeing a movie theater. So check one, check plus for the Manhattan on that one. Um, but two, on the pot plus side here in San Diego, I have been here for about six weeks now. And you know what? There is very little conflict in the city. In New York City, the fuel is conflict on everything. There's a lot of tension uh, some of the tension is good, it's good energy, but there's other tension where people are yelling at each other or there's some horns honking and all that. I haven't really run into people arguing and stuff on the street here in 
in San Diego, but in New York City, I saw plenty of that. And uh, so it's a real, it's a real different experience, and I like it. And I think part of it is because people come out here for a specific reason. They want to, uh, if they don't, if they're not from Southern California, to come here because they want a different lifestyle. I'm digging that. I like the peaceful vibe here. So that's great. So anyhow, I'll be getting more into that as we go. But Guys Guys Radio, our special guest, Keith Leon S. is coming out. All right, Guys Guys Radio, I promised a very special show, and we've got one. We've got Keith Leon S. is our guest. His new book is Walking With My Angels. Keith is well-known as a multiple best-selling author. Uh, he's a well-known speaker, talented musician. He's spoken at events, included Jack Canfield, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Neil Donald Walsh, Conversations with God, and also has been a guest on uh, Guys Guys Radio, Barbara DeAngelis, John Gray, Men are from Mars. He's also been on Guys Guys Radio. Michael Beckwith of the Agape Center and Marianne Williamson, candidate for the presidency. Keith has also made music with everybody from Stevie Wonder to Nancy Wilson to Kev Moe, Carl Anderson, Ben Varee. But most importantly and most interestingly, Keith has been led and guided by angels throughout his entire life. And I mean led by angels like they're talking to him, they're right with him, and they speak to him when he needs to be spoken to. He's also survived seven or eight near-death experiences of very profound experiences that he's had. So I'm thrilled to have him on the show on Guys Guys Radio to talk about all this and to share with us and what we can learn from Keith's experiences, because some of them weren't that pleasant and some of them were. So welcome to the show, Keith Leon S., Hello, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Great. Let's start right at the beginning. Um, how would you describe yourself and your experiences? Because you're, you're kind of a renaissance man. You've had all these different jobs, all these different experiences. You've lived all over, a lot in California-based, and now you're in Vermont. But you've really done a lot. And it's always been something, when I read your book, it's like, what's going to happen next with this guy? Because there was so many chapters in your life as well as chapters in the book and it was all about change and uh the whole time being guided by angels so how would you describe yourself your experience and why are you here mm, i would say i'm an ordinary man with extraordinary experiences uh, from childhood i could hear my guardian angel's voice and and i believe that was just divinely guided and, and for a perfect reason. My mother was manic depressive, mostly depressive and in the bed, and I didn't have a father around. So I needed guidance. And this voice uh, that was not in my head at that time, it was outside of me. So I could always tell my where my angel was uh, by where the audio was coming from, where the voice was coming from. And I think that's how I could wrap my, ha my head around it as a child. So, so this voice, as you shared, kept me out of harm's way, you know, told me when I should not go up a certain alley. It, uh, it advised me in so many ways and kind of filled in as the parent that I didn't have in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I could hear that voice from uh, childhood. And then uh, when I was eight, though, my mom uh, asked me to be the man of the house, wanted me to be the man of the house. And I took that on wholeheartedly and really stopped being a child at that time and, and became a man. And because I did that and stepped fully into it, that angel voice faded away. Mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Yeah, so it wasn't until my early 20s where I was able to kind of uh, reopen that, and that's through the, the earthbound angel coming to me, which I'm sure we're going to talk about mm-hmm. and get to in a moment. But you have a question? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that um, so many of my guests who've had not exactly the same experience as you, but had some type of, uh, uh, let's call it in quotes, clairvoyance or some type of more uh, activated frequency and intuition that they had it as a kid. And then there was like kind of a dormant period. And it always seems to happen again, like in the early 20s. I'm wondering why that is. I don't know if you have any idea, but you're not the first person I've heard who's had something as a kid then it went away, and then it came back stronger than ever in the early 20s. The early 20s, is that is so cool and interesting that you would say that, because uh, I haven't heard that, but I would, I would, mm-hmm. assume, I would assume, you know, teenagers, <laughs> I know how I was anyway. Uh, I don't want to hear anything from anybody in right. teenagers, so I don't know how good it would have done me <laughs> at that point. But, uh, but I think they really were there for me during that period. I just wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, I got out of so many things, like I could have been arrested so many times and I knew exactly what to say. So the police officers did not only didn't arrest me, but like poured me into my bed at home, you know, what I mean, like got it. Got it. really took care of me. But I just wasn't acknowledging that I, I was having the support, but it was always there with me. Now, let's uh, let's break it into two chunks uh, for right now. We'll talk about some near death experiences and then also when you had what I would consider like the inciting incident in the book, which when you met. Well, who you call John, who was an earthbound angel who really helped you out. So yeah. early on, you had some uh, near-death experiences. And I think all of our listeners you know, can recall a time like, wow, I almost died. What happened? You know, how, did I, how did I actually not die? I have one myself when I was about 17. I lived in New Jersey. It was always fun, like, let's go into the city. So a buddy of mine, we went into the city, went to the Upper East Side, we were drinking beer, and we were actually throwing beer cans out, out the window of a, like a 23rd-story apartment. It was crazy, something mm. like you'd never do today because you can hurt somebody. It was just insane. Yeah. Then we went down to take the subway, and we were kind of being led around by this guy. And he said, oh, we really need to be on the other side of the tracks. So the three of us walked across the tracks and then climbed up. And everybody's saying, no, 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 no. They're waving us. I didn't even know that there was a third rail. And we stepped over two third rails to the other side. And mm. then when we got to the other side, this guy said, no, actually, we were on the right side. Let's go back. And instead of going outside and going around, we went down and crossed the tracks again. Mm. Only afterwards, the next day or so, I kind of did some research and I realized how did none of us die and I always consider that that was my angel saying, this is not your time. I'm going to guide you across there because yeah. that was instant. I mean, even as, as kids, you know, you would just kick something, whatever. And that would have been it. It would have been over. Now, yeah. for you, tell us about that first experience and why you then started to believe in angels. Mm. Well, there was there was many uh, as a child and a few of them involved cliffs. Uh, my mom left a car in neutral and the car went backwards and crashed through the little guardrail that was supposed to hold cars in, I guess. And I found, my sister and I found ourselves in the car teeter-tottering on a cliff and somebody, like a man appears out of nowhere and and grabs this tow truck driver and they put a hitch underneath and they pull us back in a way that should have really ripped the car apart. <laughs> you know how we right. hit it and, it and it didn't. We just like whoop, lifted back up and, and back to safety and and at that point, started me with the, wow, you know, that, that seemed kind of miraculous. Why would that happen? And then another time at scout camp, I was 
out with older kids on the cliff and, and I got up to leave and my feet came out from under me and I found myself slipping and down over the cliff and reached out at the last second and one of the kids grabbed my arm and then they they formed a human chain and what they would say was then they pulled me to safety and uh, but for me what happened was uh, as I was dangling and the, he grabbed my arm then I became light as a feather as if I was being lifted from underneath and as they pulled me up there was assistance there was mm-hmm. underneath me just push, push, holding me cradling me pushing me up so that they were able to get me up and back to safety and uh, that's when I started really thinking uh, because I felt it, you know, my body become like mm-hmm. weightless underneath the, uh, this support from angels. And uh, that's when I was like, hmm, what's going on? <laughs> then, then you had a lot. There was a lot more. And one, one yeah. of, I think there's, you know, there's some beneath the story, embedded in the story, there's some real learning there about how the universe works. And one of the things I got out of it was. When you started to create this relationship with this earthbound angel, John, and I'll let you talk about how you got introduced to him. But one of the things he told you, if I'm recalling this correctly, was that there is no time that we map out as humans in the third dimension. We map out 3D time just to get from place A to B. But we we are far more powerful as human beings than, than we give ourselves credit for or we understand. And really, time doesn't exist. So we can actually create things by using the power of our consciousness and, and mind and giving it up to spirit and knowing. Could you talk about that and then some of the lessons you learned from John and then how you met John and all of that stuff? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's he taught me that there there was no really time and space, time and space no forward, no backward. Everything is happening uh, in this now moment and forever. And that all means the same thing. You know, right now is mm-hmm. also infinity. And that's literally how how much there isn't any time and space. And that and that uh, when Jesus said, you know, it happens as we believe and uh, and that when we speak the word. So pray be believing that you have and you'll receive uh, that those that no truer words could ever be spoken, and those two things were the the message of the universe. That if he or anybody could ever give me anything, it would be those two things. And when I wrap my mind around those two things, then there's nothing that I can't create uh, for the sake of being of service to others. And uh, so, huge teaching for me. As far as who who John was, you know, I, I was in my kind of deep dark drug phase. I would call it in my my early 20s and I got a job bartending at this bar and day one at the bar, uh, I I saw this kind of like mysterious, cool man, you know, and he was like really quiet. He didn't say anything, but when he did speak, it seemed like everybody was leaning in to hear what he was saying. So it was, mm-hmm. it was like, whoa, who's this guy that everybody's so intrigued by? And even <laughs> I'm, like, I'm intrigued by him and I'm just seeing him. And, uh, and so, uh, I eventually like got to know him well enough because he would come in every day. He was a regular and um, got to know him enough to say, hey, do you want to hang out after work? And he's like, yeah, I'd love that. So we started hanging out and, you know, I'm partying and and he's hanging with me. And, and uh, as we got to know each other, he starts to ask me about my belief system. He's questioning me about that. You know, what do you think of psychics? And I'm like, oh, if somebody charges you for that, they're a charlatan and blah. And I had an opinion about everything. (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. So at some point, once I got to know him well enough, he said, do you trust me? And I said, yeah. And he's like, can I see that ring that you have on? And this is a ring that my stepfather had died with that ring on when uh, we were eight years old. And he had died horrifically with that ring on. So he 
So he took the ring and and I trusted him with it because only that stepfather and I, that ring only had our energy in it. So I'm I'm giving this to someone else to hold. So that's another energy, but I, I trust him. So he holds the ring in his hand and he says, uh, begins to do what's called a life review. And he tells me everything from my birth all the way up to the point where I was eight years old and my stepfather died with that ring on. And I knew that he had saw how my stepfather died because he cringed and shook and, oh, God. And he gave me the ring back and put it in my hand and said I could have went my whole life without seeing that. And so so I was blown away because there was no Google back then. Right? There's no way he could know this stuff that right, he just right. told me. So I'm thinking, well, at least maybe this guy's got some stuff. And so that opened up. That started opening me up to believing and so he continued to do things like uh, predict world events, uh, tell me what my whole next day was going to be like. And, uh, and eventually, again, he asked me, do you trust me? And I said, yes. And he said, well, then I guess uh, it's time to tell you. I was like, tell me what? And he said, OK, so you know how uh, when people do good deeds for each other, they'll call that person like an earthbound angel. And I said, yeah. And he said, that's not really who we are. And I'm like, we? <laughs> We are. And he's like, yeah. So here's the thing. I was an etheric angel. Like I was in the spirit, you know, and then and then I, I, I came down to be an earthbound angel. So I'm an angel that's in the flesh, but there's a very specific purpose. I'm, uh, we earthbound angels are assigned to certain people to meet them, to befriend them, to make sure that they get to their predetermined expiration date. New words to me, predetermined expiration date. And and he said, so I am here to take you from believing in nothing to believing in everything so that at some point uh, I will reveal your life purpose to you. And also at some point during our time together, I will save your life. And because that's what I'm here to do. And once that happens, then you need to let me go because I'll be off to do it for someone else. Let me ask you, that's so amazing. Do you, do, have you ever asked yourself, like, why, why me? Because, you know, you were a troubled teen in some ways. You had a yeah. tough up, upbringing and um, you weren't like on a spiritual path, so to speak. And to me, it's always ironic where the, the people who like, they want to be channels or this or that, and they don't get it necessarily. But people yeah. like you who ha- didn't ask for it and actually resist seem yeah. to be the ones who were chosen to kind of get the gift and show the way. Why, why do you talk, talk to us about that? Yeah. Well, I, uh, up until that point that I met him and he did actually reveal my life purpose to me, that was always my question. Why me? Oh my God. Like I should have died this time, that time, that time, that time. Why am I still here? How come some people one time that happens and they're gone? Like my friends, you know, why are they, but then I keep getting saved over and over again. Why is that? And, and I did not, understand or have the answer until my purpose was revealed to me and then i was like oh oh wow that's pretty that's pretty big <laughs> you know what i'm here to well, do for our listeners uh keith yeah. what was do you mind saying what your purpose is yeah not not at all um the way that it was revealed to me was kind of toward the end of our time together uh john facilitated a out-of-body experience where I raised out of my body. He met me in the room, said, hey, let's go. And we flew through the ceiling and out over the city and out into the woods. And there was a giant fire. We came, floated down, sat next to the fire. And at that fire was Jesus, was uh, avatars and and beings of light and my ancestors and, and, and all these people and entities uh, told me what I was here to do and, and what I would do. And 
and I, remem- I remember receiving information, but, but then when I came back and I dropped into my body and the next day was telling John about it, uh, as if he wasn't there, but he wanted to hear my experience of <laughs> explaining what had happened, uh, I could only remember what the first one said. And I asked him, I, I, I know they all gave me information, but I can only remember what the first one said. Why is that? And he's like, well, first of all, you could not wrap your head around what they told you right now. We, if, if you remembered everything, we'd be getting you a straight jacket, some medication, right? I mean, there's just mm-hmm. no way you could wrap your mind around it. But what the first one told you, what you can remember, that is your next step. That's, that's your next step. So you're going to do that. And then when it's time for your next step, you'll remember what the next one said. And through your life until you're living fully into your purpose, and even after that, you'll remember what that one said and what that one said. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and each time it'll be what your next step is. And so that's been happening ever since. So one of the, they told me a few things. One, that I would write this book called Walking with My Angels and that it would be my story and me sharing all of my experiences with angels for the sake of introducing people to their their inner guidance system, to their angels, to their uh, intuition, whatever whatever you like to call it. Like they, they don't care what you call it as long as you call it, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so to teach people that sit, ask, and listen is the way to get any answer to every question because we're tapped into that energy that created everything. And because there's no forward, no backward, no time, no space, if we have a question and we we ask it and sit down and actually listen, that we can receive the answer. So that was one of the things. And they also told me that with that book, I would reach 100 million people and, and raise the vibration of the planet. Oh, okay, I'm going to raise the vibration of the planet right through a book, okay? And that's going to happen how? Don't worry about it. It's going to happen. So so everything I have found since, everything that I did, like writing the first book with my wife, a relationship book, and mm-hmm. getting John Gray's endorsement, that second book that was a game changer. You talked about who do you think you are? I got 10 people from the movie The Secret. Uh, I interviewed 68 people who are like living their purpose in life, uh, got to pick their brains, ended up with the mentors I always wanted and all kinds of what we call joint venture partners who are willing to tell, you know, their people, their huge tribe about anything that I have coming out, including this book. And uh, then I started helping other people write their books. So I've helped thousands of people to write their book. And then also we publish people. So every one of those people, when this book came out, hey, would you be willing to tell your group about this book? Everybody was a yes. So there's like millions and millions of connections and emails went out and all of that because each point from that day on, I just did what I was told. And so when they said write the first book, I didn't say why. I wrote the first book (laughs) and I just kept saying yes and saying yes. And so here's an interesting piece. Uh, They said this last piece that, that it just blew my mind. They said anybody that held this book, Walking With My Angels, in their hands would be raised to the next level of vibration. And and I said that for years and didn't really hear myself. And about a month before the book came out, I told somebody those words on an interview. Anybody that holds this book in their hands will be raised to the next level of vibration. And I'm like, wait a minute. They don't even have to read it. They just hold it in their hands. That's how I reach 100 million people. Every person that buys it, they throw it on their table, their coffee table. And every person that walks up and says, what's this book, picks up flips mm-hmm. through it for two seconds and puts it down, just received everything they were supposed to receive from that book. And so that's how it gets out to so many people. They don't have to read it. They just have to hold it. Wow. And uh, and that just 
blew my mind. <laughs> when I finally heard myself say that, I was like, oh, that's how we get to that number. That's amazing. Now, you have talked to thousands, probably millions of people at this time, and you've affected millions of people now with, with your books and your work. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Why do people struggle? Because when once you kind of learn things, you, you, know, you had the direct connection with angels. They were talking, speaking to you in your ear. You could hear them. You yeah. met earthbound angels. There was John. There was... Um, uh, another gentleman you met at the Larry. car dealership, Larry at the car mm-hmm. dealership, and mm-hmm. then there was the old man who brought in the UFOs, and th- yeah. it's just it's endless the amount. So most people uh, they they don't have that type of experience, and they they you know they everybody hears the word manifest, and they're you know kind of wishing on stuff, and and people struggle, and you I'm, I'm sure you've heard all the stories. Why do people struggle, and what are some of the things, easy steps they can do to kind of get them on track? to work with source and uh, and deploy, unleash the power that they really have. Yeah, yeah. Well, with, with guardian angels, like every one of us has at least one and they really only have two jobs. So one is love us unconditionally. Second one is get us to that predetermined expiration date. Anything other than that, because we have free will, we have to ask them for support. So that you can go straight to your guardian angel uh, today, right now, and just say, God, first of all, thank you for keeping me alive. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it because I, I like being here. So thanks for that. And uh, I'm asking right now, for I'm inviting you to uh, show up for me in other ways. Like if you want to show up to me physically or as a voice or in in other people, you know, I would just love to start receiving answers to questions that I ask. And I would love for the answer to be so obvious that I know it's you. <laughs> and that invitation, they're, they're just like, yay, thank you. Now we get to play and have fun together. So that's one way. Uh, you can just sit down and say, uh, any spirit, God, angels, anybody who can hear my voice right now, you know, I, I would love for you to just be with me and help me manifest my dreams. And and what happens is when we when we speak a word, it, it does come true. Whether we notice it or not, it it does come true. Sometimes it takes longer and sometimes the period is shorter. So if we ask him to manifest something and it doesn't happen in a couple of days, most of us are like, ah, it didn't happen. And then if it happens two years later, we don't notice it, right? Uh, So it is always coming into fruition. But I truly believe that when you you, uh, are making that wish from the universe or, or that request, and then you feel the feeling and visualize, feel the feeling of what it would be like to have that thing come true and to to be in that house or be in that car or whatever it is you're, you're looking to manifest, like have the feeling of it, then that wraps it up uh, as to how quick it comes. And then also, uh, because it happens as we believe, the more that you get those little subtle things, like once you invite the angel and you start to notice, like, oh, I asked a question, the next song answered it. I asked a question and that stranger came up and said the exact words that answered my question. And you start to notice the way angels are showing up for you every day. Now you start to believe a little more. Okay, I guess this stuff is for real. And like the more you believe, and then when you start uh, asking and requesting for things, then it seems like they come even grander, right? The, the, the response comes in even bigger ways because that way, uh, if it, when it comes to you at the very beginning, you would have just been like, whoa, you know, big dream freak out. Like it would kind of overwhelm you to, to get such a huge, huge manifestation. But when you work your way up to it, uh, it's like you're just building and building and, 
and mm-hmm. that when the, when the great things come to you, you just go, well, of course. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's great advice from, from just from personal experience. I've, I've begun to do that. As I had mentioned to Keith, kind of before we did our interview, I've been taking this spiritual enfoldment class with a woman by the name of Jeanette Meek. She's tre- tremendous. And over, it's very casual class. And over the period of a couple of years, now I've learned how to ask, make sure that what I'm asking is for the, you know, the highest good of everybody. It's not just, I want a great car just for me. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that, but yeah. you want to be able to help other people and reach other people. And she told me, just turn, you know, I'm working on a couple of new books myself. And she said, just turn, do you, you want to you be needy? Do you want to have to have the agent? Or do you want Spirit to be your publisher and agent? Just turn it over and mm-hmm. think things will happen. So everything you're saying, I've, I've heard. And I think it's so important that all of our listeners understand that also is just, it's as simple as just asking and then being patient. Because I also find, Keith, that I'll ask. And then, as you say, I'll be walking down the street and then a couple of hours later, or even a couple of days later, I'll get some type of download very quick and very subtle as to, oh, do this. Uh, and and, yeah. and it works. And it's like, yeah. oh, that was the answer. And mm-hmm. I, I had to be, though, present and paying attention. Now, yeah. what I want to ask you about that is that while you were in, you know, people, you know, drink and they take drugs and stuff and you were doing a lot of everything. Yeah. Did that get in the way of your spiritual connection? Because you were so tapped in regardless of all that stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like it did up until I met John, but then, then it felt like it almost served in, in the opposite way, you know, because when, when I was, when I'm altered, then I'm like, my walls were down and I was so much uh, able to receive, you know, like, like when you talked about the uh, I met the guy who brought in the UFOs. Remember how I was wiped right. out? Like mm-hmm. I hadn't slept yep. for, at all forever. And uh, and so so I was stripped down. And then I got what I needed when I was stripped down. And then he took us to a place on the land. He's like, Keith, you're going to love this water. And, <laughs> and so I drank this water on his land that felt like pure electricity. And with every sip, I came more and more present. And, and when I finished drinking that water, I felt like I had slept. Mm-hmm very well for a long time like like oh I was so refreshed and there and present for the rest of the experience so it's uh you know miracles are happening all the time and uh and so yeah it's uh i i believe for me the reason i was drinking and drugging is because i had i had so much pain that i i didn't want to process and i didn't mm-hmm. know how to process it so that was a way for me to avoid processing okay and, um Okay, Guys Guys Radio, Robert Manny here, your host, our special guest, Keith Leon S., the book which I'm holding in my hand right now, Walking with My Angels, a True Story. Um, you mentioned a few times the expiration date. So let's yeah. get into that a little bit. So everybody has an expiration date, but we also have free will. Yeah. So um, is it possible that through our actions and free will and um, kind of unfoldment that we can um, – move the timeline for our expiration date. In other words, you know, you might be on track where you're going to die and then you get a reprieve and you get a whole 2.0 and your life changes and you go in a different direction and you live another 50 years or something like that. Is that, was that already predetermined or can you through your free will actually shift timelines, if you will, or shift your expiration date? Mm. Uh, I would say yes. <laughs> That's the answer to that question. 
Yes. I, I'm trying to stop you. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> No, no. I mean, I, and that's funny because there are some questions where I just, yes is, is what I get. It's, it's like, uh, yes, you can shift it. And yes, it's predetermined. And yes, 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 yes. Because because it happens as we believe and we're making it up anyways. Right. right. So, okay. so, so was there a predetermined expiration date? Yes. Uh, there's a part in the book, and and this will answer it. Uh, remember when my uh, now ex-wife was asking that when when you saw Keith as an old man, was I there? And he's like, don't ask questions that you don't want the answer to. And she grilled him and hammered him until he he he, he finally answered her. And he said, no, when I saw him as an old man, you were not there. And then she's like, looked at me and said, "See, I told you that you leave me some. T- you leave me." And and he looked at her and said, "That's if you continue on the course that you're on now. If you choose to change your mind about that and do things that would keep him instead of push him away. If you take another route, then it can completely change, and anything can. If any psychic ever tells you this is going to happen, that's only if you stay on the exact course you're on now." So, so in other words, uh, he was talking about like timeline jump, you know, there are different, you can Mm -hmm. jump over to another timeline at any time if you believe that and learn how. So, so yeah, it's like maybe on one timeline, you're going to die when you're 40. But as soon as you made a choice to go another way and start being of service to others instead of, uh, you know, being a selfish something, right? Mm-hmm. And you decide, oh, I'm going to be in service to others. And you just, boom, jumped over into service, another timeline. Now it just shifted. Now it just changed. So, mm-hmm. so yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> the answer to all those questions. Wow. Um, what stands out as all of your experiences? What stands out to you? And after talking to all the people and helping all the people that you've helped, what's the one thing that stands out out of everything? Mm, out of everything. Uh, it happens as you believe, as you believe it is done unto you. Pray, believe in that you have and you'll receive. Just over and over and over again, even even down to when I was wondering what happens after we die and, and uh, went on to my own kind of self-exploration, went out and asked all these people who had, you know, had di- died, crossed mm-hmm. over and came back, mm-hmm. every one of them. So I asked them all like, what happened and some said oh i went to the light and it was like soundscape and and light and harps and you know all that stuff then somebody said oh i went to the light and my family was there my whole family and ancestors were there to greet me and another guy said it was black pitch black there was nothing so i went to each of them and said okay so what did you believe before you died would happen and the person that had the soundscape and the music said, I believed in the soundscape and the music. And the person that saw their family said, I believed that I would see my family. And the person who said it was black, that it was just a dirt nap, right? Mm-hmm. He said, "That's I believed that there would be nothing. And so even in so-called death, it happens as you believe. And that was profound. That so, was so oh, wow, That is because we're creating every, it's like, it sounds like that, that there is nothing except what we create. Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. So, and then what we create lasts forever. So, if you have a thought like, I really hate that person, that goes on into eternity, that mm-hmm. thought. And so, mm-hmm. we have to be very careful not to, you know, to be positive and not, not to like kind of BS ourselves, but to find the positive and find the lesson and make sure we hold ourselves back or flip yes. the script, if you will, when we're getting angry. Because so many people get angry and they say things to their partner or whatever and they blow up. And you've been there through, yeah. you know, from, from the book. You know, I guess we can get, how can people manage that? Because it's so easy to kind of fall off because we're human and we're, we're, 
we're vulnerable and we're flawed and yet we're creating all the time and yes. every time we go negative things can snowball really quickly yes thank you thank you uh, the what works for me is to surround myself with positivity as much as humanly possible so Years ago, I turned off the news. I call it the olds. There's nothing new going on there. It's the same crap over and over again, and it's all drama, and I didn't want to hear it anymore, so I turned it off. I uh, created and I've written all this incredibly positive and, and, and uh, uplifting music right? as a musician, and I wrote what I needed to hear, what I need to hear every day to keep me tapped in and tuned in and inspired. And then I recorded this and started putting it out and other people were like, oh my God, this is great. So it's a, I, I listen to positive music. I read things that are positive. I uh, do my best to surround myself only with positive people and then, uh, and, and positive experiences and workshops and classes. And so, so as much as humanly possible and keeping myself in a positive energy that has me moving forward and, 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 you know, there's no time or space, right? We talked about that. But, but for me, I would use the words that keep me moving forward instead of looking back. So I also don't look back at past drama as if it's affecting my life today. Or judging, because, right? Yeah, or judging. And the only time that anything that happened in the past would affect me negatively today is if I drag it along with me like Santa has the package of gifts that he's dragging a sack behind him right mm -hmm. if i if i bring all my baggage with me then it's going to be right there with me present holding on to the bag but as soon as i let that bag go and, and keep moving forward in positivity what i focus on is what expands so when i'm in grateful god i'm so grateful today i'm grateful i'm grateful i get more to be grateful about okay because it like attracts like all right. Um, you've got a couple of very well-known books, one that you did with your wife about relationships. That was kind of your first one. Could yeah. you talk to us about a little bit about that book and one, a couple of the lessons that uh, couples need to learn? Because I always like to reach out to uh, everybody's got partnership issues and things yeah. are tense and people are always, you know, in every relationship is going to be some type of tension. And people grow in different ways and it, it's tough to keep things together, it's particularly if you're together all the time. So talk to us yeah. a little bit about that and then we'll get into your uh, your seminal book, the uh, uh, Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah, uh, seven steps to the seven steps to successful relationships was our first book that my wife and I wrote, and we actually got John Gray to endorse the book, which is mind amazing, blowing. amazing, mind blowing. And the reason we got that him to do that was because of the communication tool it was so strong that he was just like, wow, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I gotta put my name on that so that people will, will get this tool. And uh, but it's uh, the seven steps will actually help you create and, and manifest the perfect mate of your dreams uh, if you do the whole the whole process. And so we were really teaching the law of attraction before people were calling it that. And, and mm -hmm. the first step is to get ex really clear about what you want in that relationship qualities you know what are you looking for specifically and then for both of us my wife and i uh, we both when we did the same process we found out when we met and got together had done the same process we both came to the realization that we had to become everything on the list ourselves in order mm -hmm. to be able to attract it so we went to work did what okay. we needed to do to be everything that was on the list to to be all those qualities and then we were clear that once we had then we were able to just put it a side go to go about our business and we would know when we found okay let, let me let me ask yeah. you this keith um yeah. 
when people, you know, a lot of times with relationships nowadays, the people have these lists and even yours had like, you want your wife, to, the future wife to have a nice butt and everything, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and you got that apparently. And that's fantastic. But a lot of people, they keep these lists and some, some say that like the list, the longer they're single, the longer their list gets and they become that nothing's going to satisfy them. How do you, how do you manage the, uh, the delicate balance between having a list and knowing what you want and having the list then start to take over. Yeah. Well, it's the becoming, it's becoming the list, you know, yourself. Okay. Like mm-hmm. if you're, if you look at that list and truly can say, I am that everything that you've written, then put it aside and stop, stop making a list, you know, because it's coming. Okay. Got it. And the more, and the more you add to it, then you're slowing down the process of them becoming. Because then you have to become those qualities as well. So it's like if you already got it, great, move on. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, the next book. Um, who do you think you are? What yeah. was the inspiration for that? And that really took you to the next level. You told us a story about how you kind of got all these famous people involved in that. But yeah. what was your idea in terms of what that book would be about, and what is the message there? Yeah. Well, my wife and I kind of, uh, that first Seven Steps book, we hadn't sold any of those. I didn't know yet that it was my business card and I could use it to get media. I didn't know anything. I just had a book with John Gray's endorsement on the front and mm-hmm. and did nothing for us. And then the second book, uh, or this, we had another project right after that book that failed. And so uh, seemingly failed. And so my wife was just like, I would love to take some time off. You know, could you take over the business? And I'm just going to be over here licking my wounds. And I said, yeah, give me the, like a really great book title and I'm off and running. So she looked at me and said, who do you think you are? And I said, what, what did I do? She said, no, silly, that's, that's the name of the book. And I thought, that's the greatest title ever. What would it be about? And I just went to prayer and meditation with it. What would this book be about? And I remembered when I was in my early 20s and I, and I wished I could sit down with all the greatest minds in the world and pick their brains and ask them, how did you discover your purpose? Like what led to that discovery and what advice would you give me? Mm-hmm. And I realized at that point in my life, I already knew Reverend Michael Beckwith. I already knew Jack Canfield. I knew some of these people and I would be able to pick their brains and ask them, not for myself, but others about okay. life purpose, how to discover that. So, so that became the driving force. Like, I want to help other people discover their purpose in life. I know mine. An angel came to me and told me, I know why I'm here. And how empowering is that? How can I give that to everybody else? And so I did. I picked the brains of 68 of the greatest minds in the world that I knew. And they all said how, what their purpose is, how they discovered it, and what they would advise awesome. would give you. It was amazing. Awesome. And then uh, lastly, how did you get, uh, you transcend that, then you became the book guy where you're helping all of these, you have various companies, publishing companies, uh, programs, online programs. Uh, I read through your stuff and you're telling everybody exactly what they need to know and you have all the tools there. Um, How did you make that leap? Uh, as I as I was interviewing all these incredible people for the Who Do You Think You Are book, I had identified the ones that were the you know international New York Times bestselling authors, and I had watched a lot of them go from ebook to international bestselling authors. So I identified a handful of them, and after the call was done, I said, uh, "I would you will you mentor me, and how much would you charge me, and when can we do it?" And I asked them, and every one of them said, oh, "You're a doer, not a talker." So uh, push record again, and here you go. And they all took me under their wing and taught me everything they knew. So on the other side of that project, I was now an international bestselling author who had been taught by Mm -hmm. all the greatest authors and speakers 
and marketers in the world exactly what to do. And I was like the only human alive that had all of their information. And it would have took a million dollars in 10 years probably to get what they gave me in that short amount of time. So I kind of realized at that point, uh, I'm the only person that has all this information. It's my job, my duty really to, to help other people get their mission, their message out to the world and give back for what all these great people gave me. And so I stepped into that and that's how I became the book guy. Cause I would, I would go speak about life purpose, but I would tell the story about how I, the mm-hmm. best selling book and how I got there and then mentor me. And all these people would come up after and go, Oh yeah, yeah I, love the the, book guy. I, I love the life purpose piece, but you're the book guy, right? <laughs> Aren't you that book guy? Aren't you the it's book awesome. guy? Aren't you? And I heard it's it so awesome. many times. I go, I get it. I get it. God, <laughs> I get it. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, just to finish up, I got two things I would ask two requests. Number one is, just for the benefit of our listeners, Keith, would you mind if I read kind of what's in the last chapter, the last page about how do you ask your angels for help, that little passage, yes. so everybody can hear that and maybe they'll take that to heart? That'd be fantastic. So it says, when you're ready, open your mind. And this is from Keith Leon S., his book, Walking with My Angels, A True Story, Guys Guys Radio, Robert Manning here. I'm just reading from the last page here. It says, Dear Angels. I am open to your guidance and your wisdom. I am grateful for all you've done, and I want you to know that I, I'm now listening. I'm looking for you. I'm listening for you. Guide me, instruct me, show me all the ways I can be, do, and have all that I am to be, do, or have in this life. How may I be of service? How many may I live into my purpose? Show me the way. I'm grateful for your support, and so it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is so succinct and so beautiful. And thank you, Keith, for allowing me to read that. And thank you for being on Guys Guys Radio. And please tell everybody um, where they can find out more about you, your book, etc. Absolutely. Well, uh, if you're feeling called right now, you want to get the book, go to walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. So walkingwithmyangelsbook.com. And you'll land in, on a page where it'll uh, there'll be a button where you can go to Amazon and get the book uh, yeah, soft you know, soft cover, Kindle or audiobook, however you like it. And then you come back and you put in your order number and and then you will receive over sixteen hundred dollars in free gifts from a bunch of people you'll know and people that endorsed uh, this book because I wanted you to get more than the book, to, to receive tools that would help you to put into practice what you read in the book. So you'll get all of that just, just for purchasing the book. And then to find out uh, more about me, you go to beyondbeliefpublishing.com and that'll tell you all about the book and support products that we have and everything you'll need to know. So Walking With My Angels book is the landing page to get the book and all the gifts. Fantastic. Well, Keith Leon S. By the way, what does the S stand for? <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole nother call. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll just hold on that one. We'll do it for part two at some point. <laughs> but thank you so much for being on Guys Guys Radio. Thank you for this book. I'm holding it now. I, I read it. It's fantastic. And I think your life's work is fantastic. And I think everybody can benefit from your experiences, the positive, the negative, and everything you've gotten out of it and how you become the, the person you are now. So thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thanks for having me.
All right, Guys Guys Radio. Wow, what a great conversation with Keith Leon S. It was spiritual. It was moving. I learned a lot. I hope you guys did also, and you'll consider that. And I hope you'll consider just going inside and asking for help from your guides, angels, whatever you believe. That's what you'll get. If you don't believe they exist, you're not going to get help. If you're open to getting help, ground yourself, ask for protection, that only the right entities come in to help you that come from God's divine white light, if you will. And I think you have a good chance of getting some results because I know I have and Keith has. So let's review quickly. What did we learn from Keith? Well, one, you got to believe. If you want things to happen, you got to believe. If you don't believe, they're not going to happen. So that's number one. Number two, we create everything. Uh, There is no uh, linear time. Everything's happening at the same time. So anything we put out there in the universe is eternal. So you got to be sure that you put out positive thoughts, positivity, whatever you put out there is going out there. So if you believe something strongly and you want something strongly and you have the best benefit, the best intentions in mind, you have a good chance of, of making things happen if you can kind of stick with that intention and stay positive and, and not even believe but know that things are going to happen the way you want them to. And also, I think the biggest thing we can all learn from this show today is that we all have more power than we think we have. If you listen to the media, it's all, it's all about lack. It's all about you need to buy this product so you'll be cool. You need this. You don't have that. The sky is falling. You look at the news. It's, it's doom and gloom. It doesn't have to be that way. You create your world. No matter what's going on, you define it and you make it happen. So Guys Guys Radio, we're here every Wednesday night. On KCAA in Southern California, 102.3, 106.5 FM, 1050 AM. And then we are all over the internet. You can download all of our 384 plus podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Block Talk Radio, CastBox. You can stream it on KCAA or even Robert Manny, M-A-N-N-I.com. It all started with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. It's about two guys in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. We're in the city where they play for keeps. You can also check out my website, robertmanny.com, for my over 350 blog posts on everything about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. If you want to support the show, because I'm bootstrapping this thing, I'm doing it all on my own for the most part. I get some help, but I'm doing like, let's say, 95% of it I do on my own. I have a great producer named Ryan, and he does tremendous work. And I, I have help. People send me great guests and everything, but... I'm doing a lot of the footwork, if you will. So if you want to help us out, though, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. That's a big help. And buy the book, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. Thanks so much for listening. Look forward to coming back next week and another great guest. Until then, like I always like to say, guys, guys, finish first. <laughs>